Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, August the 8th. 2022. It is currently 1114 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from, I'm not going to tell you where I'm coming to you live from, because in the next few minutes, I'm going to tick off all kinds of people, and the last thing I want them to know is where I'm broadcasting from. Okay, look, I'm just going... you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. Well, I am. Actually, I am afraid. No, I'm not going to be afraid. No, I am afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Okay, I, so I told you the city. Okay, I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And in the next hour or so, well, I'm just waiting for the Twitter mob to rise up and circle my house with their torches saying, down with the apostate, down with the apostate. He must be destroyed because he did not go along with the Christian Twitter mob. Yeah. Do you, have you seen the Christian Twitter mob? Have you seen the Christian social media mob? Have you seen them? where they're upset and they're condemning someone and they want someone silenced and canceled and 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 you're like I know what you're saying. No, no, no. That's not the Christians. That's that's the liberals. The liberals and they're they're always upset about something on Twitter. Oh, the Christian social media world operates in the exact same way just from a different perspective. Have you seen it? Oh, Christians love to do things like, here's a good example. Let's take about a two-minute clip from someone's sermon, maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes, three minutes. We'll, we'll put the video on social media, and then immediately we'll throw that on there. It'll be a clip, you know, obviously taking out of its broader context, and then everyone, all the Christians will get together and go, this guy can't preach. This guy's an embarrassment. He's an apostate. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's probably not even saved. He, and just condemn, 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 attack, 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 attack. And if you just step into the middle of it going, hey, guys, 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 what are we doing here? First of all, this is only two or two and a half minutes. Oh, are you supporting him? Are you defending his apostasy? Oh, no, 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 no. I just think maybe we should be a little bit more fair in our criticism. Nope, nope. We're not here about being fair in the Christian uh, Twitter verse. We're not here to be fair in the Christian social media world. We're here to condemn. We're here to attack. We're here to destroy. We're here to call people names because that's what we do as good Christians. Is it just me or do you get kind of tired of the Christian Twitter mob? Does it bother you? Well, it bothers me. And I'm going to, well, find myself possibly going against at least some of the Christian Twitter mob here in the next few minutes, which is probably going to make me the target. But if uh, there's not much I can do because, well, I have to talk about this because a listener emailed me. And you know what I always try to do? Whatever the listeners email me about, I try to put that at the top of the stack and I try to discuss it in the most fair biblical way that I can. But I have a tendency to find myself in opposition to the Twitter mob, to the Christian Twitter mob where they're running around upset, condemning and wanting to attack people. I, I, oh, there's so much of that that I just cannot stand. And I wish Christians would consider how they actually act on social media and, 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 and stop what they are doing. And let me make it very clear. I'm not sitting here in judgment because when I, way back years ago, when I was on Facebook, I conducted myself like an absolute jerk. I conducted myself in so many inappropriate ways ended up hurting myself and hurting other people. So I, that's, I, I realized that I got caught up in so much of it. And it was, it was just this fight and arguing about this and this and this. And then, and, and, and just, yeah, I did so much wrong. So it's easy to do so. But even though I, I was guilty of, of not conducting myself correctly, I can't sit there and just say, well, then everyone else is okay. I think all Christians need to stop and go, how are we conducting ourselves on social media platforms? Are we doing something in a way that is God honoring, God glorifying, and actually helping anyone? Or we just run around with our torches yelling and screaming at who we're go- who our next target is going to be? Now, it appears 
that the Twitter mob has a new target recently, or at least in the last few days. And it appears that the Twitter mob is upset with the Gospel Coalition because it appears, according to some on Twitter, the Gospel Coalition has apostatized. The Gospel Coalition is now become woke liberal apostates. And we must fire up our torches and burn them down because they haven't followed the Christian social media rules of whatever they're supposed to say and do. Let me give you an example. Here's how it all started. On August the 7th, at 1.50 a.m. in the morning, I received the following email. This Instagram post by the TGC, uh, the Gospel Coalition, right? The Instagram post by the Gospel Coalition on same-sex marriage has been the subject of immense controversy in recent days. Now, the specific article about same-sex marriage actually is not new. I think it's over a year old. I think it was written last summer, but for some weird reason, I guess it's making its way around the social media circles again, and people are upset, and, well, they're they're going, they're, well, they're mad. It's the subject of immense controversy. So, so that's the, the, the first email I received. The second email I received was at, on August the 7th at 1.59 a.m., so nine minutes later. And in the second email, what they did is they give me one, two, three, four, five, five links to different posts on Twitter about, well, people upset with the Gospel Coalition. So let's just read some of these. Let's read some of these. The first one reads this way. Affirming your neighbor's sin is not loving. And then they they obviously tag the Gospel Coalition. So they're claiming that the Gospel Coalition is affirming someone's sin, and that is not loving. Right? The next one, the next Twitter thing is this. If you have not, if, if you have not already, it's time to walk away from the Gospel Coalition. So now someone else is, hey, the Gospel Coalition, walk away from them. Stop reading their content. Stop supporting them. Don't go to any of their conferences, whatever. The Gospel Coalition is bad. Walk away from them. Another Twitter link. So that's one, two. Here's the third one. The third one reads, the Gospel Coalition, no, more like the Spineless Coalition, Oh, wow. So, so I mean, now the, the Twitter mob is upset at the Gospel Coalition. They're not the Gospel Coalition no more. They are the spineless coalition. Ooh, get that little Twitter burn in right there. You got to go. You, ooh, you're, you're proving your point because this is the way Christians should act, of course, on social media because, you know, you know, it's always good that the world sees how we handle ourselves. Uh, next, bro, TGC is hot trash. Mark and avoid. Wow. Wow. That's, they're hot trash. The Gospel Coalition is hot trash now. I remember back in the day when the Gospel Coalition was beloved and, and people in the reform world loved the Gospel Coalition, but not anymore. They're hot trash. You need to mark and avoid them. All right. Let's, let's see. Wait, there's more. There's more. I think, uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. There, one more. I'm not going to go through all of them. The, now it says the Gospel Coalition. This is the Gospel Coalition endorsing same-sex marriage. No way around that. They literally say the Christian will affirm the legal right in regards to a same-sex marriage. This is on their Instagram. So now they're saying, hey, they're affirming same-sex marriage. We've got to be done with them. So the, the, the Twitter mob is on a rage. They're all fired up. Now, let me make it very clear. The Twitter mob is not necessarily a fair representation of all of Christianity. It's not a fair representation of anything, right? They just, they're just people who are loud on Twitter and they always seem to get the attention. So it's sometimes when the Twitter verse is all up in arms, you cannot allow that to convince you that something as, as, is as controversial as it appears to be. It just may be the the loud minority on Twitter sitting there with their phones and their thumbs, 
you know, I don't know what they're accomplishing, but they're voicing their outrage. That doesn't mean that that's how most people feel. That doesn't mean that it's a, a, a controversy of all controversies. The reason I'm addressing this is because someone emailed me about it, but it also just gives me an opportunity to possibly, well, I don't know, go against the Twitter mob because that just drives me crazy the way it, it makes me upset when it happens, quote unquote, on the left. It bothers me when it happens on the right. It bothers me when Christians do it, when lost people do it. I just don't like the, you know, Ooh, okay, who are we upset with today? Like you go to you go to Twitter, you go to social media. Who are we upset with today? Who are we going to attack today? What's the controversy today? And when you just live your life going from one controversy to another controversy, it just seems that you've abandoned biblical Christianity for something other than that. So, so why is everyone so upset with the Gospel Coalition? Well, that's what we're going to look at because I have the article right here. The article, the original article was written on June the 24th, 2021. So it's not new. I don't know why people are currently upset over the last few days about it. I I wasn't aware that there was some new controversy. Now, I have seen over probably maybe the last, it feels like two or three years, I felt like that there's been a major shift and that more and more Christians are very hostile towards the Gospel Coalition and condemning of them, and I haven't bothered to get involved in the controversy. I'm just like, whatever. You condemn whatever. I'm going to read whatever I want, and I and I visit the Gospel Coalition probably once a day. I look at their new articles. I look what they have to say. Do I always agree with everything? No. Do I always disagree with everything? No. I see them as trying to offer, a, a, you know, a, a perspective. I appreciate their work and their effort and the material they put forth, and I tried to take, I try to make the most out of it. And a lot of times their content shows up in my podcast episodes, not to criticize it, but just to allow them to start the conversation. And then we take it in whichever direction this podcast tends to go, because that's what I love to do. I love to say, hey, let's talk about this. And I just kind of throw it out there. And then what my goal is, is to get a conversation started. For example, the other day, I did kind of a, a short devotional on this concept of walking with God. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. And I just kind of took these, these concepts, threw out some ideas, threw out some different perspectives, kind of, and kind of just said, here's, here's some things to think about. Well, then someone contacted me the other day and they said, hey, base, you, you got me thinking on this subject and I found these sermons on the subject. That's what I love to happen is that I start the conversation and then you continue the conversation. And in many cases, we circle back and then talk about it more again here on the podcast. So I've used the Gospel Coalition's content in many cases to start those conversations to try to get us thinking. I appreciate different perspectives. I don't, I don't feel like that every time I disagree with something, I need to hop on social media to condemn it and to attack it. It's just like, here's their perspective. Here's my perspective. Wow, we have different perspectives. It's, it's, it, it shouldn't be always, why does everything have to be so controversial? And there's so much, I don't know. It, it's just, again, it's social media. Christians followed the lead of the world. Instead of Christians being leaders on social media, we tend to simply just follow the world's attitudes, their approach, and their methods, and which is kind of frightening if you think about it. You think that Christians on social media should be the leaders. I, 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 we handle ourselves in such a different way that the world is like, wow, those people who are Christians, they conduct themselves so differently than we do. Maybe we should strive to be like them. We're not salt and light on social media. We're, we're noise. We're, we're, we're nothing but trouble in many cases. Now, that's not every single person, but I'm saying in general, that's my feelings towards it. So this gives me an opportunity to look at the actual article that's supposedly causing all the controversy and then talk about it, hopefully in a meaningful, biblical, balanced, theological way. And I know I'm going to tick someone off, but that's okay. So are you ready? I know that's taken us 15 minutes to get here, but it's been worth 
that those 15 minutes explaining why we are here. All right, so here we go. June the 24th, 2021, someone by the name of Charlie Self wrote an article entitled, How Should I Respond to a Colleague's Same-Sex Wedding? How should I respond to a colleague's same-sex wedding? Now, when it comes to same-sex weddings, when it comes to homosexuality, I will argue that there has been a lot of craziness within the world of Christianity and how we handle and conduct ourselves towards those who are homosexual, those who have same-sex attraction, and those who may get married. I think that there's been a lot of inconsistency in the Christian world, and I think sometimes we treat this in a way that we are not consistent in the way we treat other things. And we will talk about that. I, I, I have found myself at times, some people would accuse me of, you're defending homosexuality. That's never the case. I defend homosexuality against Christians saying absolutely ridiculous and outrageous things that are not, not only is that not biblical, it's not even consistent with how they treat other sin and other issues. That's where I get, I have some major problems at times with the Christian world. But let's see what, this article actually says, before I start putting forth my perspective on these, I'll, I'll, I'll have the opportunity as we go through this article to really consider their perspective, and then I'll offer my perspective, which is probably going to tick off the Twitter mob. But here we go. Here we go. How should I respond to a colleague's same-sex wedding? The article begins this way. Two male co-workers are getting married. So you, you work you work in an office, uh, whatever business, and you got two male coworkers, and they're getting married. My boss took up a collection for a gift, which I didn't contribute to, and now she keeps passing the congratulatory, the congratulatory card with an eye in my direction. I'm not going to sign, but I don't know what to say. I object on religious grounds is classified as harassment according to our recent team training. So I don't know if this is an email. Yeah, I I guess this is what someone emailed the Gospel Coalition, and this was the situation they found themselves, and they were looking to the Gospel Coalition for what do I do, how do I handle this? So let's go through this again. you got two male coworkers who are getting married. All right. Now, let's just stop right here. We're going to just take the email apart. My, my, this is my perspective. Yeah, so what? Who cares? Now, do they claim to be Christians? Oh, now I would have an issue. They claim to be Christians and they're getting married now in a way that I obviously I don't believe it meets the biblical definition of marriage. Now, if these are professing believers who are going to get married and they're going to get married in a church in the name of God before God using the Bible. Now I've got an issue because they claim to be what I claim. They claim to be a brother, brothers in Christ and they're now engaging in something that is completely unbiblical. But uh, if they don't claim to be Christians, what, do, why do I, okay, they're getting married. Great. They're not, the, the issue would be their lack of salvation, not their marriage. So here would be my question. Okay, so two male co-workers are getting married. All right. How about, uh, wait, in the office, Susan used to be married to Tom, but Susan divorced Tom, and now Susan's about to get married to uh, Tim, right? So she, she used to be married to this guy. She got divorced. Now she's going to ma- marry this guy. Now, wait a minute. She got divorced. She's going to get remarried. And biblically, that would be considered an adulterous relationship that she's going to be entering into a marriage where she's now into an adulterous relationship. Are you going to be emailing the Gospel Coalition going, what do I do? What do I do? Do I support this? Do I go to this wedding? Do I support this adulterous relationship? You know what? You won't get an email like that. No one's going to ask that question. Nobody's going to care. Oh, but if it's two homosexuals, now we can see the, what my, my, my frustration with Christian world is we're so inconsistent. 
right? Like if it's homosexuals, we're like, no, 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 don't support it. But then there are these other situations. You're like, well, wait a minute. She claims to be a Christian and she's marrying a guy who's not a believer. She's being unequally yoked together. Do you support that wedding? Wait a minute. She left her husband and she's marrying someone else. Now she's entering into what the Bible may refer to as an adulterous relationship. Are you going to support that marriage? How come there's so many other situations where we don't take a stand, but when it comes to homosexuals, we're going to take a stand or like, that's unbiblical, that's ungodly. How many other things do you support that are unbiblical and ungodly? It's so arbitrary and inconsistent the way Christians handle some of this sometimes. So to me, two male co-workers getting married, great. My boss took up a collection for a gift. All right. Wow. I mean, if I, would I give the gift to, would I, would I, would I, would I give to the collection if it's for the adulterous marriage, new marriage that's getting ready to happen? Would I, would I, would I give money for the collection if it was a believer marrying an unbeliever? Would I? Now, if I'm, if I'm going to support the others, to me, all right, they're getting married. You're going to buy a gift. It's a, it's a group gift, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a collection made up that, that some one person is going to buy the gift saying that this comes from everyone in the office. You throw in five or ten dollars. To me, what difference does it? Who cares? But okay, so this person didn't. They didn't contribute to the gift. They didn't contribute to the gift. All right. Now she's passing passing the card that's offering up congratulations. The 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 congratulatory card. Here here you go. Now, do I sign the card? Well, one, you can just sign your name. You don't really have to write anything out. I mean, I've, I've signed plenty of cards in my life in the mili- when I was in the military and in a work, in a work environment. Cards for someone had a baby, this, or you can, you know, a, a card showing that we, we, we're, we, we're sorry for your loss, whatever the case may be. All, all kinds of cards. They come floating around. Half the time, you may not even know who the people are. You just boom, 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 whatever. You may put congratulations. You just may sign your name, you, you know, to the best. Hey, uh, the, the best to the both of you, whatever the case may be. I, again, if these two co-workers don't claim to be Christians, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to hold them to some biblical standard, right? I mean, their issue is they don't need biblical morality. They need salvation. So what difference does it make if they get married or if they don't get married? What difference does it make if they're married or if they're single? What, 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 what I mean, it, it, their, their issue is they need salvation, so to me, I wouldn't even have a problem with giving the gift or, you know, supporting or giving some money for them to get the gift or signing the card. I wouldn't have an issue. Now, if they claim to be Christians, that's where I would have an issue because wait a minute, they claim to be Christians. And now I, I, this, this is an issue where I, I would have to look at them as a fellow Christian and go, I, I can't support what you're doing because it's unbiblical. But if they're not Christians, it, it's irrelevant. Why? I, I expect them not to live as Christians. I expect them to engage in that which is not Christian because they are not Christians. They're not claiming to be Christians. So why would I hold them to a biblical standard? All right. So, uh, so this person says, I don't know what to say. I object on religious grounds as classified as harassment according to our recent training. Well, I, I mean, why? why? I mean, it, what you what's what's your religious reason you're objecting you're objecting to their marriage you you so so lost people should not be able to get married unless lost people engage in a christian marriage you you can't celebrate lost people for anything because christians every non-christians everywhere in your workplace must live like you they must act like you think like you. no you don't you're not expecting them to live that way well, let's, let's see what the Gospel Coalition has to say. It says, thanks for your question. You're unearthing many challenging questions for, of conscience and culture. How do we affirm the dignity of each person we meet and work with while maintaining godly distance from affirmations that violate Scripture? Now, I, I think that, I don't know why this is, makes them apostate. That seems like a very well thought out, response, very nice, and they, and they seem to have two goals here, affirming the dignity of each person, 
we meet and work with, at the same time maintaining godly distance from affirmations that violate scripture. So they have the scriptural concern, but they have the dignity of the person. Now, again, to me, it's not even about that. They don't claim to be Christians. Why am I expecting anything other than them to act like that? Like that, oh, but let's see what they have to say. They say Christianity in a pluralistic society. Lessons from the history of Christian missions and public ethics may help us here. Throughout church history, missionaries have discerned the difference between healthy contextualization and ungodly syncretism. We know some aspects of culture are benign food, clothing, some artistic expressions, and economic realities. But since we live in a fallen world, many aspects subvert the kingdom and hinder Christian growth. For example, over a generation or two, polygamous cultures became more monogamous under Christian teaching. With the help of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit, occultic, occultic practices, superstitions, and harmful moral standards start yielding to God's ways. But culture can also move away from God's design, as we've seen in, cha- in changing sexual norms in America. Now, let's stop right here. The only time I want society to move towards a more biblical standard is when they have embraced Christ. It's of no value to a society, and in my estimation, and this is where Christians are going to get mad at me, but look, my, my perspective is theological not cultural, not societal. I'm not looking at it from that perspective. I'm looking at it from a theological perspective. What I, I don't care if the world embraces biblical morality. What I want them is to embrace Christ. When they embrace Christ, this is the way the Great Commission is. Go and teach, that's evangelism. When they believe, baptize, that's bring them into the church. Then you teach them to obey. You don't teach them to obey until after they've embraced Christ. So I could care less if society moves away from this supposed ungodly practice or this ungodly practice or this ungodly practice if it doesn't mean anything if they haven't embraced Christ. It's just an outward form of morality. And sooner or later, the sinful nature will rise up against that morality anyway and cast it off and reject it because they have not embraced the law giver. They have to embrace the law giver before they're going to truly ever show any respect or love for the law that is give in. So it's wonderful that in many cultures, they embrace biblical morality, but it's of no value if they did not embrace the Christ of that morality. It, it, it doesn't ma- matter to me if they embrace the law, if they haven't embraced the law giver, because sooner or later, the law will only lead to them rebelling against it. But yes, in our current situation, America is moving away from God's design. There's no question about that. But I I say, I don't even like to state it that way. It's not that America is moving away from God's design. America has moved away from God. I don't need them to embrace God's design. I need the world to embrace Christ, to embrace God. We, we, We keep getting this out of order. We want them to come to Christ, not come to morality. All right, you, you can already see my perspective here is going to be very different. Well, let's see where they go here. Every culture and nation must find common consent in public ethics, spe- specifically on what is prohibited, permitted, and promoted for the common good. True toleration must include living peaceably with deep differences. Most Western nations have extended marital status to arrangements other than heterosexual monogamy. The wise Christian will affirm the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear, yet that right doesn't entail affirming the goodness of those arrangements. Believers can be good neighbors to all while diverging on some moral issues. This is the heart of a peaceful and pluralistic society. Now, this is the line that seemed to spark outrage and people started lighting their Twitter torches ready to burn the gospel coalition to the ground. And this is what I don't under, what is controversial about that? Let's take it apart. Every culture and nation must find common consent and public ethics specifically in what is prohibited, 
permitted and promoted for the common good. That's true. You take any society, there's going to be kind of a common, like, here's what we accept as a society, here's what we reject. And there's a kind of a common morality that arises within the culture, within a society. That's just the way it works. Now, for me as a Christian, I'm, I'm indifferent to that in this way. Whatever they decide has no bearing on me because as a Christian, my morality, my ethics must be determined by the word of God. So for the church, we're like, okay, society says this is okay or the society condemns this. This is how we live our lives as Christians. We are citizens of heaven first. We, that, this is the morality which we are called to live by. We fall short of it. We, we don't ever completely do what we're supposed to do. That's why our salvation is based off an imputed righteousness. But that, that's what we're called to do. That's the church. Now, when I look at society, my thing is to preach to them that they're in sin and they need Christ. My, I don't have any desire to fight the culture and say, no, 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 no. You need to embrace the biblical morality. Why, why would I fight with culture to embrace biblical morality? What, what, what value is that to them? I'm forcing a Christian morality upon unregenerate hearts. There's no reason that, that makes absolutely no sense. So the culture is going to figure out, and guess what that, the morality within culture is? It's going to fluctuate. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. Now, we as the church, we keep preaching biblical morality. And maybe the world will hear that biblical morality and go, well, that's interesting. Why do y'all believe this is right and this is wrong? Because we believe that God is the one who orders how we are to live. And we would call you to consider God and repent of your sin and turn to him and then follow his morality. But it's not the morality I want them to have. I want them to see Christ. Now, they go on to say this. True toleration must include leading, living peaceably with deep differences. I, I don't see how that's a problem. I can tolerate people who don't follow biblical morality because I don't expect them to. They're not Christians. They reject the Bible. They reject the authority of the Bible. They reject the inspiration of the Bible. They may even reject the existence of God. So why? I can tolerate that. You, you're going to live your life as a non-Christian. I'm going to live my life as a Christian. I will tolerate your right to live as a non-Christian. I want you to tolerate my right to live as a Christian. I will tolerate your right to condemn the Bible, mock the Bible, make fun of the Bible, burn the Bible, spit on the Bible. I will tolerate your right to do all of that. And I want you to tolerate my right to say that there is only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want to be able to say that the Bible says this is sin. I want you to have the right to live apart from the Bible, and I want my right to follow the scriptures. I want your right to speak against the Bible, and I want my right to speak in defense of the Bible. That's toleration. Toleration does not mean that I believe you are right. It means I'm tolerating you to be, being wrong. And I don't believe you tolerating me is not you saying that I'm right, but you're giving me the freedom to be wrong. That's the way it was supposed to work in a pluralistic society, and we should celebrate that. Let me say it again. When you, when you try to take away other people's rights, you're ultimately taking away your own rights. Because if you try to impose things on them, sooner or later they will try to impose things on you. So uh, true toleration must include living peaceably with deep differences. Many West, most Western nations have extended marital status to arrangements other than heterosexual monogamy. The society can do that because the society is not structured by trying to impose the word of God. We don't live under a theocracy, nor should we want to live under a theocracy. Because that, that's great as long as your God is the one in charge. But when someone else's God becomes in charge, then you start dying and you get punished. No, no. Okay, fine. Society says, hey, we're going to extend marital rights to those other than heterosexual. Okay, fine. It, it doesn't bother me. It has no bearing on me. I, it's not like they're forcing me to marry someone of the same sex. 
They just want that right. Okay, well, fine. You go, you go do that. Now, I, as a Christian, I'm still going to preach that marriage is between a man and a woman, but that's the biblical model. And when you become a Christian, that's the model I'm going to call you to live to. Before you become a Christian, it doesn't make any sense to try to call you to that lifestyle. You're not a Christian. I don't even know how this is controversial, but what I'm saying, there's already Christians already going, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, we force non-Christians to live like Christians. What is he talking about? Of course we force people to, no, we don't. So then listen to what they say. The wise Christian will affirm the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear. How is that? Why is that controversial? You can, aff- I can affirm your legal right. Not, it's not your moral right. It's not your biblical right. You have a legal right to, as a consenting adult, to order your life without fear. They should not be no fear. Two, two male coworkers want to get married. They have the legal right to do so without fear. Great. I'm still going to preach that it's a sin in my church. If they were to ask me my question, my, my beliefs about it, I would tell them that it's a sin if they ask me. It's not always my right to go run up to everyone in the middle of a workplace and say, you're living in sin. Because you would be, if you're going to yell at the homosexuals for living in sin, you would have to look at every person in your office. The people living, uh, who are committing fornication, the people who are committing adultery, the people who go to the strip club, the people looking at porn. You, you, you would just spend your life telling everyone that you work with, you're all sinners. It's not your place to go tell, you live out your Christian life. And if they were to ask you, then you, you, you are willing to give the opportunity. The workplace is not the place for you to necessarily there to spread the gospel. You're there to do your job. And now, but at when conversations happen and you're asked a question, you have every right to express your opinion if other people are there, there to express your opinion. But you just say, okay, oh, you, you legally can get married. Well, awesome, awesome. Congratulations on your relationship. From a biblical perspective, I don't agree with it, but legally you have the right to do so. I, I'm, not, I'm not really worried about it if, from any other perspective. I don't know why Christians would be worried about it. But some, for some reason, the Gospel Coalition got in trouble for that line, saying that the wise Christian will affirm the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear, yet the right doesn't entail uh, affirming the goodness of the arrangement. See, you're saying, hey, you, I'm going to affirm your legal right to do so, but I'm not affirming the goodness of the arrangement. I'm not affirming that it's biblical. I'm not affirming that it's godly. I'm affirming that you have the legal right to do so. Believers can be good neighbors to all while diverging on some moral issues. That's the heart of a peaceful and pluralistic society. That's, that's what it means to be in a pluralistic society. You, you believe this way, I believe different. We're, we're going to have to disagree on that. And it's not my place to be harassing you at work and trying to shove my religion down your throat. It's my opportunity at work to be an example to you of what a Christian should be and try to show love and try to and live my life in a godly way. And then if you ever have theological questions or biblical questions, I'm right there ready at the drop of a hat to engage in that conversation. I will be right there ready. But you can't always be shoving it down everyone's. Some Christians think that it's their job just to go walk around telling everyone at work, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You, you don't, you don't. That's not your place necessarily. And well, you can't, it can't be in a, in a workplace to, to, to always do that. They go on to say this back to the office. Through, though the marriage may be state, state sanctioned, it remains a union outside the will of God. That part is not being discussed. When everyone's saying that the uh, gospel coalition apostatized, they're leaving that part out. They clearly say, hey, the union, even though it may be legal, it may be state-sanctioned, it remains a union outside of the will of God. And as a Christian, we must constantly continue to preach that. But let me make it very clear. There's a lot of unions that are outside the will of God. There's probably people in your church who were married, got divorced, and got remarried. Their union is outside the will of God, especially depending on how you view divorce and remarriage. There's a very good possibility they're outside the will of God. But we don't, we don't worry about that. We, we don't apply the same standard there. 
There are people that you may, in your church, you have a woman who married an unbeliever. Her union is outside the will of God. Why do we, why do we want to, we just focus on one union and we overlook other unions that are outside the will of God? This doesn't mean treating the couple poorly or refusing friendship or just, you know, just basically trying to, you know, handle yourself in a correct way and even, uh, and, and even much common good activity. Christians also affirm that unmarried heterosexual couples are outside of God's ideal when they have sex and live together. Believers can still bless the persons, pray for them, befriend them, and work with them joyfully. Again, you, you've got, you've got people you work with. Guess what? Who are engaged in all kinds of sex uh, outside of the biblical standard? So do, do you just? I'm not going to talk to any of you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be friends with any of you. Well, like I don't understand that approach. They're lost. Oh, oh, you, oh, oh! You got engaged. Okay, all right. Well, I'm happy, you know, happy for you, happy that you, you don't have to, you, you're not, they're, they're looking to you to go, well, do you, do you condemn it? Well, are you asking me, do I condemn it? I, I mean, look, my, my prayer for both of you would be salvation before anything else. I'm more worried about your salvation than I'm worried about who you're marrying or not marrying or who you're sleeping with or not sleeping with. When directly confronted with affirming the goodness of the union, though, the only posture is to affirm their legal right to marry and one's own right to disagree. Now, now see, I, I, I like what they're trying to, they're trying to offer a balance here. When you're directly confronted with affirming the goodness of the union, all you, if someone's like, are you, tell me the union is good. Tell me the union is right. Tell me the union is biblical. I cannot do that. I will say, hey, you have the legal right to do so. And you, and, and I'm not in any way going to get involved in that, but, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree on biblical grounds that I can't say that it's right biblically. Disagreement is not intolerance. A disciple of Jesus is promised blessing when persecuted for obedience, not obnoxiousness. We're, we're not, we're not called that we're going to be blessed if we're being obnoxious. There's a difference between be, being obnoxious and there's a difference between saying, Hey, you have the right to do so. You have the legal right to do so. I'm happy for you. I hope, I hope you have the best life you can have because they, and, and, and I mean that honestly, I hope they have the best life they can on this earth because this is all they've got. This is the best it's ever going to be. And then after death, it's nothing but horrible situation for them. So I want them to have the best life they can now. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. However, I believe that the action is wrong. What I'm going to hope is that I'm going to maintain a friendship with you guys, do everything I can to be the best testimony and witness I can be, and whenever the opportunity arises in, in, in the correct situation, the correct setting, I'm going to present the gospel whenever I get the opportunity to, whenever I can, when not without causing problems in the workplace, because again, the workplace is not your, it's not your church, it's, it's a business, so you have to conduct yourself in a correct way. But trust me, work relationships usually lead to great opportunities for talking about spiritual things. I, I made a good portion of my Christian life when I was in the military. I can't tell you. I mean, at one point in my church in Nebraska, the, there was an entire row of people who I worked with who made professions of faith and, and became Christians and started attending our church. There was like a whole group of people that I, I was involved with uh, that presenting the gospel to. And it, and I always did so in, a, in, a, in the most correct way possible without disrupting the work world. Um, but I just, I, and my jobs in the military, I had lots of jobs where you had lots of opportunities to have lots of great conversations, but I never forced it. They knew they would see me with my Bible. They would see me carrying my Bible. They knew that I, that the thing, that Christianity was important to me and they asked questions. You, you can do so without affirming that everything that they're doing that you would necessarily agree with. You don't have to be obnoxious. And then they say, with the help of the Holy Spirit, believers can walk the tightrope of tolerance without abandoning truth. When it comes to human resource policies, it is incumbent on companies to foster an environment of mutual respect, not compel violations of conscience. 
As long as Christians aren't waging public campaigns against coworkers' choices, they're only re- they're on reasonable legal ground. The real intolerance is with those who refuse uh, the truth in favor of their feelings. Practically speaking, you you can decline the card by saying, perhaps privately to the organizer, I can't sign without violating my conscience. Or you may choose to avoid conflict by saying, I'd like to recognize the event in my own way. But even a bit, even with a humble and loving spirit, prudent speech, and genuine love for the coworkers, there's a risk of losing promotions and even employment. That is where faith must conquer fear and holy love triumph over compromise. As these decisions are discerned, may may they be bathed in blessing our coworkers with tear, tearful intercession. Now, I don't. There's not a thing wrong with what the Gospel Coalition does here. They're trying to say it is a complicated situation because on one hand, you want to affirm their legal right to do so. You want to show some kind of respect and and celebration for them, but at the same time, you cannot affirm that what's happening is biblical, right, or godly. And how do you find that? Where is that line? Where And that's a line that Christians will struggle with. I go with the idea, and again, here's my pr- basic perspective. They're not Christians. So don't expect Christianity from them. What I want to do is present to them a a, a, a hopefully as someone who shows them love and respect and do what I can. But I love that last line. Here's what we can do. As we're trying to figure out these decisions and discerning how to conduct ourselves, we can bathe those individuals in blessing our coworkers with tearful intercession. What we can do is be praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for them. No one can stop that. You can go to your prayer closet and beg and plead with God to have mercy on your coworkers and to open their eyes and bring them and regenerate them and give them the faith and repentance for them to become saved. You can do... That's the one thing you can't. Some Christians want to spend more time arguing with their coworkers and trying to take some just arbitrary stand to prove how righteous you are instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to conduct myself in the most respectful way possible, but I'm going to be in private pleading with God for their salvation. I, I have no problem. And I know this is going to be controversial, but I'm just going to say it. Look, two coworkers are getting married. They're homosexuals. They invite me to their wedding. I got no problem going to their wedding. My, where, where I, my issue would be is if they claim to be Christians getting married in a church in the name of Christ. That's where I would have to draw the line. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because now they're, they, I've got to hold them to a Christian standard. That's where I would have a problem. If they're not believers, they're getting married wherever, right? Okay, I'm just going to be like, hey, I'm celebrating you two got your your relationship that you're engaged in, and I'm I, I'm I'm I mean I'm going to here to show respect to both of you, even though you know that I'm a they they I, trust me, they're already going to know you're a believer. They're probably already going to know that you disagree with it. You're just showing that I'm going to show some kind of respect. Even though I disagree, because my issue with them is not their marriage. My issue would be with them, and not even an issue with them. My concern for them is not their marriage. My concern for them is their lack of faith in Christ. That would be my issue. Some Christians have major issues with these things, and I just think that we, 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 I think we make it more about us than we do them. If, if you have a child, who no longer professes faith in Christ. They're like, I'm not a Christian, not a Christian. I'm now involved in a same-sex relationship and I'm going to get married. Okay, I got to, I'll show up. I'm just sh- showing support for their their relationship from a human perspective, that from, from a legal human perspective, this is what they're pursuing. This is what they want. I'm going to maintain my relationship with my child more than try to prove some argument like, I'm going to make sure you know you're wrong. They're not a believer. 
So I don't expect my unbelieving, if, if, if it's an unbelieving child, I would not expect my unbelieving child to maintain Christian worldview and to pursue Christian ethics and Christian action. I would, why would I expect that? But if I can maintain relationship, then whenever the opportunity arises, when we're having a good conversation, maybe I will have the opportunity to present the gospel to them. If it's your child, you've already, they've already heard the gospel. They already know your, your biblical standard. You don't need to remind them. They already know. They were raised in your family. They were raised in your home. They know what you believe about this, this, and they already know. So you don't need to be telling them again. They already know. Now what they may want to see is, are you going to show any genuine love and concern for them as a human being? Are you going to show it? They know you may disagree with it from a biblical perspective, but we don't live in a Christian theocracy. So they're going to be involved in activities and, 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 and pursuits and goals and, and relationships that do not meet biblical standards. And I, and I'm, I, and I'm not there to try to force the biblical standard on them. My job is to now try to present Christ to them whenever the opportunity arises. Now, once they become a Christian, once they become a Christian, then you have to say, no, 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 no. I mean, the biblical standard is you cannot do that. The Bible seems to say it's when someone claims to be a Christian, that's where we hold them biblically accountable. Not the unbeliever. The unbeliever is they're they're lost and they, they found someone that that they love in their way and their and their earthly understanding of love and they're going to engage in that relationship and you know what I want for them from an earthly perspective I want them to be happy I want them to experience love I want them to have a fulfilling relationship I want their life to be wonderful from an earthly perspective what I ultimately hope I want for them is spiritually for them to become saved and pursue a life following Christ but they're not saved, so I'm going to approach my relationship with them in a completely different way. I don't know what the Gospel Coalition did here that's so horribly wrong. There's nothing even remotely controversial in that article, but everybody's like, they're, they're done, they're spineless, they're un- What do you want? What do you want? Do you just want to some a Christian theocracy so that you shove Christianity down everyone's throat? I don't understand what many Christians want. Now, I'll go back to the email, the original email here, because they sent me one more. Then, at 2.24 a.m., August the 7th, 2.24 a.m., so the person has already sent me now, this is the third email, and this is what it says. One of the reasons I think we're going to see American politics become more radicalized is because of the lack of clarity from leading evangelical preachers and publications and institutions on LGBT perversion. So, so the church needs to be more clear on LGBT perversion. Does the church need to be more clear on, I don't know, Fornication perversion, pornography perversion, adultery perversion, divorce, remarriage, and entered into an adulterous relationship perversion. Do we need to be clear on that? Why is it only the LGBT thing that we need to be clear about? And how was the Gospel Coalition not clear that it was outside the will of God? They, they acknowledge and affirm that the same-sex marriage is outside the will of God that it's not biblical and that it's not godly. They simply affirm the fact that it's legal and that these people are not Christians. So why would we expect non-Christians to live like Christians? I think many Christians want, they really want some kind of a theocracy where biblical, biblical law is made the law of the land and people are punished for violating it. Well, you keep going with that. And then wait, what happens when the Catholics take over? Well, then they're going to they're gonna make biblical law condemning apostasy, and they're going to make that a law against, well, you as a Protestant, and then you're going to be killed. Like, you, 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 no, we live in a pluralistic society. That's one of the most beautiful things about America is the freedom, the freedom of religion, the freedom from religion, the freedom to believe whatever you want.
And you say, well, I don't like that the, the, the country has moved away from Christ. I don't like the, the fact that the country has moved away from biblical morality. I don't like the fact that America celebrates, quote unquote, LGBT perversion. Well, if you don't like it, here's what you can do. Live your Christian life in a way that is avoids said perversion because no one's forcing you to live it. So you don't have to engage in it. Number two, you're, you need to double your efforts in trying to minister and witness and evangelize a lost and dying world. Right. So you, you can do that. Number three, you can spend more time praying and fasting for the lost and dying world. If you want to see the world change, change it through the preaching of the gospel, not through just simply trying to force unbelievers to live the way you want them to live because it makes you more comfortable. It's evangelism, baptism, discipleship. We teach to obey after conversion. They claim this proves the gospel coalition has apostatized. No, this just proves to me the gospel coalition understands we live in a pluralistic society and that there can be a legal right to do something that may not be biblical and may not be godly. And that we, on one hand, can affirm someone's legal right to do so, while at the same time maintaining our biblical stance that we don't believe that it's correct according to God's will. And that there's a way that we have to try to navigate those two concepts. That's not apostasy by any definition. That's just a understanding the society in which we live. I cannot believe that they're being condemned for that. And it's not even a new article, it's an old article. And here's a novel idea. If you've got an issue, I, I could be I could be wrong. Let me look here. Let me look here. Um let me see here. They have Let me see here. Do they have a way to contact them? Let's see. Here's about us. Contact us. Here we go. You can contact the Gospel Coalition. So if you think that they're so apostate, how about, here's a novel idea. How about contact them and ask them meaningful questions and try to see if you can come to a better understanding of what they believe? Or you can just hop on Twitter and say, they're hot trash, they're spineless, they're cowards, they're pieces of garbage, because they don't agree with me on what I think should be done. Yeah, well, that's that's wonderful, because everyone has to agree with you or they're hot trash, even though they did not even say anything that people are accusing them of saying. They affirm the legal right. They didn't affirm the biblical right or that, that it was biblically in, uh, within the, the will of God. They did not compromise biblically any way, shape, or form. So I don't know. I, I, it just seems crazy to me, but I'll stop right there. I, I had to address this. I went through all the emails, went through all the links, read the entire article. I tried to take the article apart. I tried to be as fair and as biblical as I can be. I know that's still not going to appease the Twitter mob. I know it's still not going to appease the Christian, you know, social media warriors who want to argue and yell and scream and condemn everyone. You go around, run around, condemn, yell, scream, play your games. I'm not, I'm not there to play your reindeer games. I think it's just ridiculous the way many people act on, on all of this. The Gospel Coalition, if that's apostasy, then we're all in trouble. That was just a trying to be very balanced and understanding that we live in a pluralistic society, yet maintaining a biblical perspective, that there's nothing even remotely controversial about that. Not even, <laughs> nothing controversial, there's nothing controversial about that. Now, if the Gospel Coalition comes out tomorrow and says, we no longer believe the Bible condemns same-sex marriage, we no longer believe the Bible condemns homosexuality, we believe that homosexuality and uh, homosexual marriage is a biblical expression of love, and it's right, and it's godly, and it's holy, then call me, and then I will say they have apostatized. But they did not do that. 
So if you're going to accuse someone of apostasy, here's what, here's, instead of being worried about who homosexuals are marrying, how about we worried about Christians making accusations against fellow Christians that are not accurate and are not biblical? How about we're be more worried about how we treat our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ instead of being so worried about who lost people who are homosexuals are marrying? Ooh, now, now I just went from being nice to being upset. You can email me your disagreement, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. I don't know exactly what the rest of the day is going to look like, but we will do what we can. We probably may not be able to do any more live broadcasts till later this evening. This week, um, my daughter is flying in from Boston, so when she's here during the day when – I'll probably be doing things with her and then in the evening because she always goes to bed like at, I don't know, 5.30 in the afternoon because she acts like she's 87 years old. But that's a whole different story. But whenever she goes to bed in the evening, then I'll do some live broadcasting. So this week, a lot of the live broadcasting will happen during the evening hours. So download the Church One app, Church O-N-E, do a search for Theology Central, and you can get notified whenever we go live because we go live multiple times a day and, uh, well, talking about things that I guess are controversial. This is one of those things I'm like, that I had to talk about that today? That, that, that was the controversy? I don't see the controversy, but sadly, that will become now the controversy because I don't see what was so controversial about it. But there you go. Newsif at yahoo.com. Well, I'll, I don't know what the rest of the day is going to look like, but whenever I can, I'll turn on this microphone and we'll talk about other things because we get a lot to talk about. Thanks for listening. God bless.